Molly, we have a Patreon patron that we need to shout out this week. Indeed. Thank you so much, Tim. Tim Burrow, this one's for you, man. I don't know you, but I think you're great. He's also, um, we've interacted with him on Twitter. Of course, of course. That makes a lot of sense. Your husband tried to sway him to vote for him over the the candy draft. Mm. He was like, Molly's your friend too. Oh, yes, I which recall. You have a cult following, by the way. Hooray! And who knows, maybe Tim Burrow is the president of that cult. But either way, Tim, come on, man. We go way back. I even had your, te- your dad as a teacher in high school. Like, wow. Your sister was in marching band with me. Like, Tim, come on. We're, we're close. You should be voting for, for me, your friend. Or me, your other friend. <laughs> Either way, thank you for being a Patreon patron. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. You're listening to Sex with Ghosts. I am Bridget, here with my co-host, Molly. Hey, Bridget. That's my radio voice. So I have good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? Bad news. Bad news, you actually already know. Brittany. Oh, yes. That was really disappointing. And it was it was surprising to me that they put it so bluntly. I mean, I guess that's the point, but like that she lost. She wanted something and she could not get it. And now it's becoming kind of a sport, right? Like people are drawing their their sides and the sand lines in the sand. It does seem like that. Um, the good news is Jerry Jerry. No, that's not his name. But Tubin. I don't know why I was trying to say it. His last name's Tubin. I can't think of his first name. Jeff Jeff Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin. Got fired from the New Yorker. Oh, very good. I have no idea who that is or when that happened, but he so this is a man, I think a few of our I'm sure we have listeners who already know this story. Um, but Jeffrey Tubin got caught lube in his tube on a work zoom call oh no oh no it was uh like a new york the a new yorker staff meeting and it was one of these calls where they were going through like different election scenarios and like you know how would they cover that and so it was like a basically a magazine production meeting and allegedly he thought he was off camera and started good lord in his tube wow okay that's that's pretty messed up uh luckily it's sort of related to our topic today oh not really coronavirus peaks across the U.S. and across the world. I will be talking about the coronavirus. Luckily, because of my personal mental health, we won't be talking about the U.S. because that just sounds like a horrible idea. Instead, we're going to be talking about Sweden. The interesting parts about this are some of the more like cultural anthropology points. Um, So First, I will be giving kind of a COVID-19 timeline in Sweden. Then um, I'm going to do a little quiz game, which is going to be pretty subjective, but I'll still have a buzzer. And um, then we will uh, look at some insights into what happened and where it might be going. So COVID-19. COVID-19, folks. I'm sure you're not tired of it. Yes. Well, I mean, it's coming back. So, you know what? Sex with ghosts, we have to to give our take on it, right? 
I mean, yeah, the government's not helping you, so <laughs> let us try to tell you what's wrong with herd immunity. I'm guessing that's yeah, part that's of it. definitely part of it. Certainly part of it. So, uh, I guess we'll start out with Sweden's approach to the coronavirus pandemic has been out of step with most of the world. Uh, they never ordered a shutdown. They've kept daycare centers and primary schools, stores, and restaurants open the entire time. We'll see if it it succeeds or fails. Uh, spoiler alert, it does fail. Uh, <laughs> so in late February, do you remember late February? That was like 10 years ago. Yeah, I think that's about the time we went to Las Vegas to to uh, cam- not ca- Canvas, to Canvas for Bernie. Oh, right, right. Canvas for Bernie. And I went to Chicago for work, so I was still traveling as well. Uh, there were school holidays in Sweden where thousands of families go take their vacation, many in the, the Italian Alps. And what do you know about Italy during this time? It's a COVID-19 hotspot. So many are asking, should they stay home? But health authorities say, no, don't cancel your trip. Go. Go. Bring back some COVID for the whole family. For the whole family. So they go. And then during this week, the Alps suffer a boom in cases. So they know, oh, well, this is, this is all over Italy now. Um, we are returning home. Should we quarantine? And the Swedish officials are like, no. Don't worry about quarantining. You're fine. Everyone's fine. As late as March 7th, 30,000 music fans gathered in Stockholm for the final of Eurovision. They had Eurovision? They did. They did. Which I um, thought was like canceled this year. I think it was like a lot of it was, but then I think they still held that final. Perhaps. I'm not quite sure how it works. Well, if the Swedes haven't shut down, I'm sure like a lot of their international acts probably bowed out or even international. I think that was what, yeah. Concert goers were probably like, no way. But then the Swedish people and the uh, brave people, (laughs) the people who didn't give a fuck about their health or had really great public health care. We're like, screw it, let's do it. Uh, you know what? Considering like Eurovision, 30,000 people is actually not that many. So maybe it was even like that was a limited amount of people. But um, luckily, Sweden's infectious disease specialists, virologists, epidemiologists, they are starting to get worried because this is not looking good. Um, by late March, more than 30 coronavirus patients were being admitted to the ICU every day. That's a lot. Um, on March 25th, confirmed cases passed 300 a day. And two, 200, 2,000, about 2,000 scientists signed an open letter calling for stricter controls. Um, it provokes little reaction. Nothing happens. The other thing about the these ICU cases that I think people, this is good. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm going to have any fucking jokes for this, but yeah, this is sorry, not a joke. It's a little dark. But um, current. it's very, very much too, sh- too soon. Okay, everybody, we got it, whatever, but we're doing it. Um, a lot of people don't take into account when they hear those ICU numbers and they're hearing 30 30 and they're like well that's spread out across a whole country um they're not taking into account the already limited number of icu units and that it's flu season and that a lot of times these hospitals are stocked a lot like a grocery store you know like they're the supplies they have is based on the stats of what they did the year before. And so then you add another new disease on top of that, that is contagious. That's something that like no one's prepared for because it's not in their statistics from the year before. Does that That, make sense? That is absolutely true. I definitely read a lot about that. 
and um as a I was in grad school for accounting and so I had to take some of those business type classes and uh so everyone they're pushing this like you know it's called just-in-time inventory. So it is like they don't want to keep stocks of inventory. It's just what they need. But then a pandemic happens, and then you're not prepared. The strictest measures that happened did uh, kick in in late March, which did include bans of gathering more than 50 people and on nursing home visits. So that's the strictest that Sweden has gone. In early April, Sweden was recording 90 deaths daily, which uh, has been shown to be a significant undercount because many died without getting testing. Uh, Similar to the United States. (laughs) And the the truest way to find the actual death count, because... the other thing they're doing, like in Florida forever, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised Florida is still doing this, but there was a point where Florida was not saying this person died of COVID. They would say this person died of pneumonia. It's true. So what they're really going to have to do to find an accurate death count globally is compare those numbers we were talking about for the stock of what they did the year before and then minus that to the total of patients and um, a death count that actually occurs. And then that'll give you a truer figure of COVID deaths. And these people who try to say, well, there's COVID, there's people who die of COVID and then there's people who die, you know, of a condition that's COVID adjacent. And to those people, COVID is still the cause of that yes. death, you moron. I'm, I mean, I love some of the people ways. who've said that to me, <laughs> but like, use your freaking brains, people. Ooh. Uh, so one of the reasons that hospitals didn't become as overwhelmed in Sweden as they did in Northern Italy and New York City was because uh, several uh, severely ill, several mini severe, several <laughs> mini severely ill patients weren't hospitalized because of a March 17th directive that stated patients older than 80 or with a bo- body mass index above 40 should not be inv- in- admitted to intensive care. So they're just on St. Patrick's Day. Ouchie. Um, most snakes out of Sweden. (laughs) Oh dear. Uh, most of the, uh, nursing homes are not equipped to administer oxygen. So instead residents are receiving morphine to alleviate their suffering. I would pretend to have COVID (laughs) for some morphine. Oh gosh. It It hurts so bad. Uh, newspaper reports tell stories of people who died being after being turned away from emergency rooms because they were deemed too young to be su- suffering from serious COVID-19 complications. We've all heard those stories. They're not great. So Swedish authorities are actively discouraging people from wearing face masks. Uh, they say it would spread panic uh, and are often worn the wrong way, which can provide a false sense of safety. We definitely heard that here in the United States as well. I can't, this is, <laughs> like, come on, Sweden. You're supposed to be better than us. But Sweden is is a progressive place. Right, it is. It truly is. Um, and we will talk about some of the culture fa- cultural factors of these, these facts that I'm presenting right now in these next segment. However, um, I wanted to let you know that the chief epidemiologist for the Swedish Public Health Authority, Anders Tegnell, uh, sends an email to the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control expressing concern about the advice for face masks worn in public. So he's not just like saying, no, Sweden won't do this. He's telling the rest of Europe, this is a bad idea. You should not um, provide this advice. Um, despite this communication, they issue the uh, 
advice. That is wild. I mean, if, if people really think the mask thing is a violation of their yeah. rights, you are, you, you really need to consider what rights are. What is it to be privileged? Indeed. Because that's, it blows my mind. It blows my mind how people don't understand how masks work when there are a million memes to show you how they work. And why right, they work. right, exactly. The country's cumulative death rate since the beginning of the pandemic rivals that of the United States, um, quote, with its shambolic response. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, because, yes, it was a shambolic response. Uh, <laughs> the virus took a shocking toll on many of the most vulnerable in Sweden. Um, it had free reign in nursing homes where nearly a thousand people died in a matter of weeks. We also had a lot of issues in nursing homes. It's, it's a bad time. Um, in fact, it was 7% of their 14,000 residents in nursing homes that succumbed to the virus. My, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast, because, um, you know, I'm just like talking on so many podcasts, but <laughs> um, my, my grandmother was in a nursing home at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, sadly, she passed away not from COVID, just from, I actually think it's from loneliness. I think because they had a shutdown on nursing homes in Iowa, basically Iowa did not shut down, but they did not let people come to the nursing homes anymore. And I think that kind of affected her. And um, as my sister told me, they don't do autopsies on anyone over 55 that already have vulnerable health issues so you know her being like in her 80s or close to her 80s it was just considered oh she's just old um but after she died there was a huge covid outbreak in her nursing home um that happened long enough after she had died that you're like okay i don't think she died of a covid problem but the nursing home, what happened was they hired a woman who lost her job in the next town over mm. because she tested positive for COVID. Oh, my goodness. Instead of not taking care of herself, she was just like, I'll get a job in the next town over where they're not testing for COVID. And she infected, I believe the number was like 17 people in this nursing home. How can you... Live I mean, with yourself. That's like manslaughter. Yeah, it really should be. Good Lord. Um, the, in Sweden, the vast majority were not taken to hospitals. I don't know if the same could be said for the United States. It's possible. I don't even know. It, well, it they, will, they are it, telling people there's like, unless it's severe, the hospital can't do anything. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, so, uh, in, in, in some good news, the infections waned over the summer, uh, like we saw kind of here. But um, the scientists do warn about the new waves that are hitting this fall, which we have already seen. So, already cases... I've been getting alerts, like, the past yeah. couple days. They're just like, uh, public warning, keep your distance, wear a mask, you can get rapid testing, like... The Amber Alerts. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Though I mean, I think that seems that seems positive. Are you drinking Monster right now? Sorry, that's unrelated. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh no, you're not. It just kind of looks like it because of the li weird like swirls. No, she's drinking wine. Those are like snakes a, like on a, this can. Like a classy lady. <laughs> I got a can of wine, Mike. That's how I say it. And Mike's like, that's how Iowans must say it. Can of wine. <laughs> I got can wine. So until last month, Sweden's official policy stated that people without obvious symptoms are very unlikely to spread the virus, even though, at least from our information here in the United States, 
the asymptomatic carriers are very likely to spread the virus. But instead, in Sweden, um, instead of being quarantined or asked to stay home, uh, people who have uh, first-degree contacts with confirmed cases are forced to attend school and show up for work unless they have symptoms themselves. And um, there were like cases where it's like, if you have a doctor's note or something, you can miss or whatever, but it is a, in Sweden it's actually, it is illegal to not attend school, so. Is anyone looking into Sweden's economy? Yes. Um, I will look this up right now, and it does say that Swedish economy, hold on. Like, how bad is their economy that they don't want to print money (laughs) for people, and they're forcing them with a contagious disease to attend work and school? Well, we will, I think that's a little bit more about what we'll talk about later, but um, initial data suggests that Sweden's economy has contracted a, just about as much as its immediate neighbors. So in the end, their non-lockdown did not benefit them at all in the, in the short term, in the Im- immediate data. The other thing is, too, that people aren't talking about enough is how much stimulus money actually saves the economy. That's true. Like when you give your civilians money, because rich people don't spend money, um, not on regular commodities like poor people do. So by giving poor people that money, even before pandemic, would have boosted our economy. It's totally true. Uh, look at the data. It's, uh, it, it, it proves it. Their testing still lags behind many other countries. Uh, many, in many districts, infected people are expected to notify their own contacts instead of places like Germany and Norway, where they have massive teams of contact tracers. So they're treating it like an STD. Yeah, yep, yep. Now it's question time. It's quiz time. Bridget time games. Um, And part of this game will be a little bit about uh, the perception of Sweden and uh, Americans. So, Bridget, how many, what do you think the percentage of Swedish people speak English? That was a terrible question. I put words together horribly i apologize i would say at least 90 percent. you are exactly right that is exactly right uh 90 of swedes know english that's because we had this foreign exchange student when i was in high school i can't remember maybe he was swedish but he explained to us that the reason he spoke such great english is because he watched a lot of friends oh and he said that that's how, like, everyone learns English is watching American television. There you go. That makes sense. Like, it's actually pretty common for people to speak English there. We can. There we go. <laughs> I'm right. <sighs> or we'll edit and post. So because <laughs> the percentage is so low, I cannot ask you how many, uh, what the percentage of pe- English, people in the United States who speak Swedish. So I'm going to ask you that the number, how many people in the United States speak Swedish? So there's an actual just number. Yeah. I mean, it's an estimate obviously, but, but it's a, I don't know. It's probably data projection. Data scientists are smart. They can figure this stuff out. Um, boy. Is it less than a hundred thousand? Uh, <laughs> hell yeah! I was thinking I would give you a range, and less than a hundred thousand would have been part of the range. It's seventy-six thousand. 
Oh, I almost said 70,000 for some mm, reason. You were I close. Like, I was like, that's a, why am I making that's, up a weird that's figure? Very good. I'm really impressed. So now we're going to do a kind of fun uh, Swedish values versus American values. So I'm going to name a value, and then you're going to say, is this a Swedish value? Is this an American value, or is it both? Oh, wow. Um, now, this is incredibly unscientific. It is not based on any sort of uh, scientific evidence. But it is still fun, so we will still do it. And you will enjoy it. Exactly. Now, I had to find the buzz, though, just in case Bridget gets something wrong. I like that you just found the, <laughs> the ding. <sighs> okay. Yikes. Sorry about that, Bridget. Sounds All right. like a teaser. So, uh, the first value is equality slash egalitarianism. Is that Swedish, American, or both? Swedish. It is actually both. Um, Americans claim to have the whole uh, all men are created equal Benjamin Franklin kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, all men. Um, free men. I don't think indigenous or black men were included. And the ERA never got federally passed. All right. How about individuality? American. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes, of course you're right. Uh, privacy. I'm going to say American. Mm. So that's a, I'm guessing that's a button. Just that's a buzz. buzz. I'm sorry. I just love this little I, button. It gives me a little button on the screen and I'm supposed to press it and it's actually showing it being pressed, but it's not doing the, the sound. Sorry about that buzz. It is actually both. Both uh, Americans and Swedish uh, people value their privacy. Uh, it's, it's okay. I just need, like, if I'm wrong, I'm like one of those I'm sure you know this. That like just needs to know. You just need to tell me. Someday I'm gonna get some sort of. Uh, you know what? I have unrelated to this. I do have the that was easy staples button. Unrelated. They had that when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Uh, next one is moderation. Swedish. Ding ding ding. That's correct. In Sweden, it's called lagom. Yeah, Americans are like go big or go home. Liberty. Um, both? Um, you know what? It's American, but I can, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, it probably is both. How about modesty? Oh. Uh, that one's kind of hard um, because I feel like Europe has a lot of nude beaches, but I also feel like that's more French than Swedish. So I'm going to say both? Um, I think you're probably right. I'm going to give you a ding on that, even though I did say it was Swedish. But I guess it was mostly just because I read it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that about the Swedes. Uh, but, you, but what about the Americans? Uh, well, I would ha- – I, I don't know. It was not in the list of values, the top values of America that I read, but that doesn't mean – I, I, I mean, if you're in Protestant America or Southern America, but like Southern America is also super screwed up where like they'll say you should be modest, but then they're like having secret sex parties. Right. I'm having a crisis now. This game is causing an existential crisis on me trying to recognize my own cultural values. I know. I, I When I started down this rabbit hole, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then I was like, no, this is not easy at all. And then I realized that that's actually what we should probably be focusing on to actually bring the country together. Because if we did focus on our mutually held values, then maybe people would stop. I don't even think we have them anymore. Perhaps. Back to the game. <laughs> Mutual care. American, Sweden, or both? Sweden. Yes, it is. Ding, ding. <laughs> of course. Of course. Americans don't, like, I don't give a shit about this guy and his fucking gun. They don't, they don't not give a shit. Uh, how about progress? 
Sweden's? No, Buzz, this is actually an American thing because Americans are extremely focused on the future. They do not like to look backwards. And I think you'll agree with me on that. That That's true, but that's why we also keep on finding ourselves in these cyclical problems. Absolutely. Like, it blows my mind that people are still racist and still um, thinking we're going to take away their guns because yeah. no one's talking about how what, what the real issues are or how we can really reach across the aisle as these dim-witted centrists like to say a lot of the time. Truth. Um, how about assertiveness? Mm, both? I read it I read it as mostly American. And these are interestingly enough, I got the American ones from a like this is what you should know as a refugee. As a immigrant to America, you should know this. And for the Swedish ones, it was for Australians going to Sweden. This is what you need to know. <laughs> Just thought it was interesting. How about hardworking? Oh, it's definitely American. Um, I feel like that's got to be global, but I'll just say Americans. It 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 is both, but I wouldn't say. I think that is unique to Sweden and America. I mean, not like only them, but just to have that as a value, like that is something that they very much care about. Sweden and America, very similar in that way. The last one is consideration. Sweden. Yeah, you're right. Ding, ding, ding. Bridget, you win a prize. Uh, We'll tell you about it later. All right, back to the... Coronavirus in Sweden. Yay! Woo-woo! Uh, so this I took is, my top off. My tits are out. These are the controversies. I like to end with the controversy. I, I start with the, like, you know, boring Here's facts. the facts. But now Wrong we're going on. Yeah. On April 14th, a scathing op-ed is published by 22 re- researchers in the newspaper Doggins Knitter. I probably pronounced that wrong. I apologize. The piece carried the headline, the public health agency has failed, politicians must intervene. It notes that from April 7th to 9th, more than a million, wait, more people per million inhabitants had died in Sweden from COVID than in Italy. So they are doing bad because Italy was also doing really bad, but they're doing worse than Italy. And they're doing 10 times worse than Finland, uh, which should be you know a comparable country if you will in italy is like uh correct me if i'm wrong this is what i've heard from a friend who has family in italy italy is very much like being in the southern united states um obviously it's different depending on where you're at in italy but for the most part there's a lot of people on the right end of the spectrum who are trying to you know, have more conservative politics. So like wearing the mask and um, practicing the public safety took a while with the country on the whole to get a hold of as a concept because they were like, this is infringing our rights and our livelihoods. And so like, whereas Sweden, I feel like is playing Switzerland. Oh, (laughs) but but Italy's just like a, like being in Florida, like we don't give a fuck. We love our government. We're proud Italians. Oh, mama mia, spaghetti. That's possible. I, I don't know. I think it's really complicated to say because even when you look at like a country like France, there's like right wing extremists there too, or just normal right wingers too. It, I think it's all over the place. So I mean, it is all over. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that Italy, that was the majority. Whereas like ah, in I France, see. you'd be, it definitely exists in France. I have a friend in France sure. right now, who you know, Laurel. Uh, but it sounds like most French people are like, uh, no, no. Whereas <laughs> in Italy, they're like, uh, CC, I don't know what they say, how you say yes in Italian, but 
I don't either. I should figure that out. I feel out. like I should. Yeah, yeah. That seems like something we should know. They directly attack the uh, FOHM, which is the Swedish Public Health Administration, government agency. Um, quote, they have so far not shown any talent for either predicting or limiting the epidemic. Now, this is an outrage in Sweden. Kind of like the Japanese thing, they, in Sweden, uh, the candy. Do you remember candy? Candy. Oh, <laughs> you mean back to yes, yes. early oh, October episode about poisonous true. candy. Uh, it is a frontal attack is against one of Sweden's strongest cultural norms, which is the taboo of open disagreement. Apparently, Swedes, they do not disagree. It is a, it's a culture of um, agreement. So a cascade of columnists and opinion writers criticize the piece for its tone. And they say that the 22, which is uh, the nickname for the 22 researchers that published this op-ed, um, got their numbers wrong. Um, the public health official at the head, a man named Anders Tegnell. He says their numbers are wrong. They are not the uh, leaders in their field. They have cherry-picked statistics, all the, all the classics. All the classics. I also love when people criticize tone. Because tone is, like, so intangible and also, like, very easy to exploit, like, your opinion. But this, this going off statistics and criticizing <laughs> that, right, right. that interpretation of statistics, I can get behind. But when people are like, I don't like your tone. Your tone has attitude or you're being passive aggressive or you're – Doing a micro, I do think microaggressions happen, but I also feel like people attach tone to microaggressions, mm. which becomes problematic because maybe the reason the person's being an asshole to you is not related to your difference, but maybe it's just because they don't like you versus. I've been thinking a lot about this. Interesting. I've been in quarantine for too long. The group has now grown to include 50 scientists and another 150 supporting members. It now calls itself the Science Forum COVID-19. Uh, Wait. Uh, sorry. I want to back this up. Uh-huh. So the FOMA. Mm-hmm. FOHM. Yeah. Wait. FOHM. Foam. Foam. Came out. <laughs> came out with the uh regulations mm -hmm. then an op-ed happened with 22 people mm -hmm. who were criticizing it for its tone yep and did all the classic gaslighting techniques and then real scientists now came out and they're like you're bananas we're going we're hanging with foam no, no. The 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 are uh, the twenty-two scientists are joined by more real scientists because they are so so the problem is that a lot of these people aren't necessarily infectious disease epidemiologists. Some of the people that are belonging to this twenty-two. Oh, so this twenty-two is all part of the op-ed. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, but they they may be like like one of the doctors in the article. One of the articles that I read was uh, instead of a an infectious disease disease epidemiologist, he was a uh, uh, chronic disease epidemiologist. So the idea is that while these people, like you know, doctors, they rely on science. They look at the data and they come to conclusions. So they have come to this conclusion that the way Sweden is doing this is wrong. But then this public health official says, well, you're not a 
infectious disease epidemiology. So oh, you don't, your yeah, yeah. opinions don't matter. Um, but we agree with the people who are like, we don't like the tone, the uh, op-ed people. Yeah, well, those I think those are just like mostly media people in Sweden. That's what I would, that's... The Jeffrey Tubins. Yes, yes. So to move on from this point, um, it's not only the news and opinion piece writers and think piece blah, blah, blahs. Uh, one co-author, Jan Lotval, um, says a colleague emailed him to say the article was shameful and that we should be loyal and follow the tradition of respecting public health officials. So it is the people of Sweden who are also very strongly in favor of, they, they believe in their government. They really do. They don't question those decisions because, I mean, that, that, I mean that's just their values. And uh, I don't know if we can say it's right or wrong, but. Uh, I think that's the most difficult part about the Sweden thing. Is like, I don't know, man. Like, what do you think is going on? I, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, there's so much nuance to the story. It's very difficult. Interestingly enough, the Swedes stayed home at rates similar to their neighbors. So it wasn't terrible because they were relying on people being responsible citizens. And for the most part, it did work however the problem is that coronavirus doesn't like it is a it was such an unknown and there's it was so infectious that they there it wasn't enough in the end it wasn't enough gotta wear man so uh, a lot of the researchers a lot of the scientists on this this group have really been shocked by the the response by the Swedes because um, they're just saying what international scientists are saying and the Swedes are pushing back. Um, a, uh, a few of the Swedish uh, scientists are uh, immigrants and they, you know, they aren't originally from Sweden, but... Um, now being in Sweden, they, they have adopted the country and they, they feel they have never felt like a foreigner until now when they're trying to, you know, give their scientific opinion. And um, they are, uh, many of the scientists are uh, losing their jobs, uh, facing backlash from colleagues and the public. The department chair is calling them troublemakers a dangerous society uh some doctors who insisted on wearing masks were fired however good news is that on october not october september 27th um they have changed their recommendations so that people who are working closely with patients will now use protective visors so the swedes have figured it out hopefully wait but this was when october 27th no september 27th so it's still, still okay, yeah so very late i missed the month <laughs> yes. but that's still so this started for them in february yes yes so february to september is five months five months of preventable deaths yeah yeah wow Way you go, Sweden. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, uh, so a lot of the problems with the data now is that Sweden also was not pushing testing. So you really don't know what the numbers were. Um, they had kids in schools, uh, but very few, if none, of the children were ever tested during that time even if they had symptoms. So, mm, mm, mm. Uh, they did decide to test in June. So then the numbers shot up, but then they reversed course in July. So they were like, no, we're not going to test anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, for something we don't have a vaccine or 
that necessarily everyone needs treatment for. I can understand why testing it seems like a waste of resources. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I keep coming back to. Like testing is only going to work if people value the the precautions. Mm-hmm. But if if you're not practicing precautions, then what's the point of testing people? You make a good point. So in Sweden, the final numbers, uh, there have been 167,000 cases and a little over 6,000 deaths. Um, This is, um, if we're going to compare it, this is about uh, 590 deaths per million on par with the 591 deaths per million in the United States and 600 in Italy. Um, But many times, the 50 per million in Norway, the 108 per million in Denmark, and the 113 in Germany. Um, These are the stated goals of what Sweden did. So supposedly, this strategy is trying to take a holistic view of public health. So they are balancing the risk of the virus with damages of the countermeasures, such as closed schools, the isolation thing you were talking about. Um, The goal was to protect the elderly and high-risk groups while slowing the viral spread enough to avoid hospitals being overwhelmed. Um, Tegnell states that protecting the economy was not the aim, um, though... I mean, he might just be, uh, you might not be able to say that uh, in Sweden without getting a lot of backlash. So uh, they also argue that the light approach is more sustainable than harsh methods. So uh, they, Swedes are more easily uh, able to follow the guidelines because it is less as opposed to a strict lockdown for a short amount of time where people get burned out. Um, the, they, they, uh, they, they admit that the uh, transmissions in the nursing homes were bad and that they should have fixed that. So, so they are. I mean, look at the <laughs> STD rates. Ooh, yeah. These old people are right to not. That is true. Um, so what, now they have placed. Now that they've placed stronger uh, restrictions on the nursing homes, uh, the uh, public health czar or whatever uh, thinks that uh, things should be. Um, better in the nursing homes. However, uh, uh, this uh, group of scientists has uh, come back and said, this is absurd. Uh, There's no way that other countries will ever catch up to Sweden in the proportion of people killed by COVID-19. And that is our story about COVID today. The the mo of sweden yep that's true i agree um because i i definitely feel that way about in my 20s if this had happened i would have been a fucking idiot so yeah i think the problem i have is when people start making it a political right. statement that that's also my problem and then that's when you're like this is something contagious that doesn't discriminate so why would you, why would you risk that? That's the thing that blows my mind. It's like, what the heck, people? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's our episode for this week. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed so a little I bit. I know of, it's going yeah. on, which is great because I have been wondering because I knew they were practicing herd immunity um, early on. I was definitely like, oh, I'm very involved in this. Or I like, I like this concept. I would like to see how this concept turns out. And then learning more about the virus, I was like, 
oh boy, maybe not a great yeah. concept. Yeah. And then um, kind of what you stated, that there was a lot of conflicting information out there and not a lot of hard figures yet because we're still going through this. Very true. So definitely hashtag too soon. Um, really thought we were going to talk about 5G when we brought up COVID, <laughs> but that's probably for a different time. That's for a different time. Um, but this still very interesting yeah and eye-opening sorry it wasn't super funny this week guys maybe next week we'll try to go for more comedy um molly where can people find you you can find me at molly mm9 on both instagram and twitter yes indeed and where can they find you same same deal one handle at prisia underscore suck it um, and you can find Sex with Ghosts on both platforms as Sex with Ghosts underscore. And you can join our Patreon. And like before, we'll give you a shout out, man, um, if you do $5 or more. But if not, we'll still appreciate the thank you. Um, and of course, any controversies, thoughts, feelings, opinions please email us at sexwithghostspodcasts at gmail.com. Anything else, Molly? I think that's it for tonight. We are doing um, a Patreon, ask us anything, slash Friendsgiving at the end of the month. So if you do join this month, you are welcome to hang out for that. Um, otherwise... I think that's it till next week.